hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am feeling like a different person, like a new person, because I've got these long nails. I did Prey Gel Extensions. I'm getting all of my glam and my beauty ready for the live show. And I kind of did this like off-white color with gold, like decal studs, like some half moons and circles on the nails. It's like very cute, but I have long nails. Not long. You know what? Even the person doing my nails was like, don't you want them longer? And I was like, no, 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 that's good. But for me, it's long. And I feel like I just do everything differently. Like I'm typing differently. I'm moving around the house differently. I look down at my hands and I'm like, whose hands are these? My husband today was like, your nails look like really good like this. Like you should get them done like this all the time. And I'm like, babe, there is zero chance that I'm going to get nail extensions like this or ever grow my nails to this length. My nails were really long like this during my like the end of my pregnancy. I think it was also all of the prenatal vitamins that I was taking, but I did have like really long natural nails for a moment. And it was fine because the week, no, yeah, I think it was a month or three weeks before I went out for maternity leave to like deliver the baby. I was not working. So I didn't have to type all the time, but I just feel like day to day, like doing dishes. And then of course, when you're pregnant, everyone does everything for you. So I wasn't like standing up doing dishes, but I just feel like day to day, like I don't know how people with long nails do it please write to me. Tell me how you, people that have fabulous long nails every single day, get through day-to-day life because I feel like I can't type as well. But I do feel more elegant is maybe the word. And then also I got a little stuck. She was like, do you want square shape or round? And at first I was like, I kind of want a square with rounded edges. And then she was like, coffin shape. And then I was like, I don't know, just the term coffin is making me get nervous. So I don't want coffin. Just going to do rounds. I have kind of like an almond. It's definitely a round shaped nail and they're long and I really like them. And yeah, so I'm getting my hair done on Friday. I've got my outfit figured out. I'm feeling ready for the live show. And I am sorry that the tickets sold out so outrageously quickly, but it just means that I need to do more live shows. I need to do more live naked beauty gatherings. The other thing to note is the episodes, the interviews that I'm doing at the event this Saturday will be available on Naked Beauty. I am going to package them and share them with you all. So even those of you who can't be with us in New York, we will be in community together listening to this podcast. I hope everyone is doing really well, that people are finding time for rest and relaxation as we get into this busy summer period. And I think you all are going to really love this episode with Kennedy. She is a wealth of beauty knowledge and humor, and she's just down to earth and fun. It's so easy to talk to. I really enjoyed my conversation with her, and I think you all will too. All right, let's get into it. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence, every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I am joined by Kennedy, also known as Beyonce, digital entertainer, host, producer, also truly one of the funniest people on Instagram. Your IG lives are hysterical, but you're also like a beauty expert. You're a beauty girl. You have good hair care tips, but you also have skincare, makeup, like you're doing it all and just living your life so transparently. So I'm such a fan and so excited to be interviewing you today on Naked Beauty. Thank you so much. What an intro. Love that. Well, I feel like I spend so much time with you as a viewer. Like you do these vlogs that are about an hour and a half. And it kind of just feels like, you know, like you're on FaceTime with a friend. You do them on YouTube. It's just like a nice 90 minute look into a week in your life. So when I first started my vlogs, I'm like, there's no way anybody wants to watch me for an hour and a half. And surprisingly, everybody has been like, I love the long vlogs. Keep going with the long vlogs. Like that's the new thing on YouTube. Girls are making really long vlogs. So that's what we on these days. I love it. I love it. Well, we share a love of Beyonce. So I have to just ask you, when did you first become acquainted with and understand that Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles Carter was not like other people? Honestly, it wasn't when she was in the original for Destiny's Child. Because if I can admit this, this is my first admission on camera. My favorite of the group was LaToya. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so when they left, you know, I was a little upset at everyone. Like, where's my girl Latoya? And then just watching them blossom into their survivor era and watching Beyonce turn into who Beyonce is. It was just like, oh, this is undeniable every time she was on stage. So I think it was around that 2001, in between 2001 and 2003, when she came out with her first solo album, that I was just like, oh, this is what it means to be an entertainer. She is the epitome of that. And you can't do anything but respect that. Absolutely. And she's been quiet lately. I'm like, so is she going to pop up with something? Like, what do you think she's doing? She's so quiet, living her damn life. Wait, do you cuss on here? Yes, but wait, okay. here's the thing. Does Beyonce ever rest? Like, do we really think she's just like relaxing? Like, no, like every time she's quiet, she pops up with a masterpiece. This is true. I think her rest just looks different from us, but I do think she's resting now because she's in mommy mode. And I feel like she's really stepping into that. And she's also in her era of like, I don't feel like I have to offer the world anything because I've given y'all so much. I'm not doing interviews. I did that for so long. Like I'm just going to be a part of my family. And I'm sure she spent a lot of time away from her family in the beginning. So now she's really like reveling in the fact that I can just be home. I don't have to do this, that, and the third. And also she's recording from home. Right. I love that for her. Me too. Me too. I, just to be a fly on the wall. I'd be telling people if I could just pretend to be like a standing clock, I would. Just <laughs> in her house. In the corner somewhere. Yeah. I won't say nothing. I'm just there to look. Exactly. Exactly. Now, talk to me about your early relationship with beauty growing up. Did you like beauty? Did you feel beautiful as a young girl? Well, I was just talking about this in my vlog. My first relationship with beauty started when I started watching Disney movies and watching princesses. 
and seeing how they made us feel on camera. So I was obsessed with Snow White. I was Snow White for two years. Halloween had a whole white woman mask on and you couldn't tell me nothing. I was Snow White. I'm talking to animals. I'm one of the girls. And then they popped out with Aladdin. And it's like, hold up. I'm Jasmine. Jasmine. Yes. That's our first brown Disney princess. And I related to her because she was brown, but she also had this long, straight hair. And so my relationship to beauty in the beginning was, I'm beautiful, but I need straight hair. Mm -hmm. So begging my mom to get a perm. Like, and all my friends have perms. So it's like, mom, please, I need a perm. (laughs) Like, you're kidding me. And so eventually I got a perm. I got my first perm in fourth grade or third grade. And that was the beginning of the end, child, because that perm knocked me out. I was getting perms until high school. And yeah, it was a journey. But that was my first Disney movies was definitely the first time that I was like, wow, so this is what it means to be beautiful. Yes, yes. Now, talk to me more about your hair and embracing your natural hair texture. Like, when did that all happen for you? Because I feel like for everyone, it's such a specific journey. So true. You know, when I think back to when I first started wearing my hair natural on purpose, like when I was transitioning, I had fully accepted my hair texture and what it looked like when it was in its natural state. I had been watching YouTube videos. I learned what products I needed to use. And like, this is OG YouTube, like 2009, 2010. I was learning so much about my hair that I was walking confidently in that. But when I was still getting perms and my hair would revert to its natural state, oh my, it was over. I was just done. Like, keep me in the house. I was constantly like slicking my hair down, putting a bandana on, black gel on top, keeping it slicked down. So much breakage in the back from having my hair in like a bun or a ponytail all the time. And so I didn't really accept my natural hair until I chose to. I've also shared before that I noticed early on that I would be told, oh, you have good hair. You could do whatever you want to your hair. I didn't understand what that meant until I started seeing the comparison between myself and other girls who weren't being told that they had good hair. And it's like, oh, this means something. What is this? Yeah, it wasn't until I got older and having more conversations with women who have experienced that language that, you know, I was able to understand what my privilege was as a 3B, 3C hair textured girl walking around, you know? Yes. What do you think of that hair typing system? 3A, 3B, 4, you know, a lot of people are against the hair typing system and say, it doesn't really matter. And why are we trying to go into smaller and smaller boxes? Other people say the hair typing system is super helpful for me because I can say, okay, if she's 4A, I'm 4A and I'm low porosity and she's low porosity, then these are the products that I should also buy. Right. I think in that regard, it is helpful. And in the beginning, it was used in that way. Like, this is a way for you to figure out what your hair type is. So then you can figure out what products you should use, who has a similar hair type, who you should watch on YouTube. This is when the natural hair market was very small and we were all trying to figure it out. And once it blew up and we started seeing it everywhere, that hair type thing, I think it just became another weapon that was being used to like separate people based on their hair types or hair textures. And also we started noticing brands not catering to certain hair textures. And so the hair type thing is just like, let's just make something that everybody can use, please. How about that? For real, for real. I remember the early days, mixed chicks was like a really popular line, right? People were like, oh, I love mixed chicks. I'm like, well, <laughs> I am not a mixed chick, so I can't use this product. Brooke, same. Like I never picked it up just off the strength of like, well, I'm not a mixed chick. So this must not be for me. I, I didn't understand that name. 
Right. And then I think there's an interesting conversation happening now around... So we know that white women have like the messy bun, right? But I think that as Black women, I personally, like if I do one thing to my hair, if I have to look quote unquote presentable, I will try to like brush down my edges. But 90% of the time when I'm just at home, like my edges aren't laid. That's right. Let them free. Let them free, right? But is there room? Do we ever see on our feeds? Do we ever see in magazines? Do we ever see, you know, textured hair? where the edges aren't laid and it's the perfect twist out or it's like the perfect afro. Like, is there room for imperfect, messy, natural hair in type four textures? There absolutely is. I do think that there is. However, we don't see enough of it. But I've seen content creators start the conversation about not needing to swoop the edges and make everything look super slick. Like there have been conversations that have started, not enough, but I feel like we are in that era of like, we're having more conversations about the unnecessary need to be presentable to white associating people. Totally. And sometimes it's not even white people. I feel like when I'm around white people, my hair can look a mess. It's more like when I'm around black people, I'm like, oh, they're going to know if my edges aren't laid. That is true. That is true. You are definitely speaking the word. That's very true. We do have our own community of like respectability politics and how we're supposed to show up and present ourselves. That is that old grandmama in the church type thing because my grandmother is the one who took me to go and get a perm. Didn't tell my mom, snuck me to the hair salon. How old were you? Third grade. Wow, okay. And I just remember my mom coming in and I was on the couch, hair just laying off the side of the couch. And my mom just started crying. She just literally started crying because she did not want that for me. I didn't want you to do that that early on. So yeah, that definitely is is a Black thing too, for sure. Yes. Now, your hair always looks great. And I always love the way you wear your hair. You try different things. You experiment. Thank you. What is your favorite way to wear your hair? And why is it your favorite? Favorite way to wear my hair is twistings. Okay. It's easy. To me, it is a very low maintenance situation. I have products that I love to use in order for me to get the look that I'm looking for, which I will be happy to talk about with you. Please. Yeah. I'm here to share. I need to know the whole twist up process from beginning to end. Okay. So let's start from beginning to end. One, I use the mist bottle to like get my hair a little wet. Is it just water in there or do you add in a little conditioner, a little oil? Okay. Just water. Just water. And... I brought all my products out here, by the way. So I'm going to show you what they literally look like. So I am a Maui Moisture girl. I love their products. I love them because their first ingredient is aloe vera, which is major for moisture. That's my claim to fame. Like I want my hair to look juicy and moisturized every time. And so for twisting my hair, I'll either use this one. This is the Curl Quench Coconut Oil Curl Smoothie. I always have to look at it and read it because the names are so long. And then the other one is the Smooth and Repair Vanilla Bean Hair Butter. Okay. Favorites for twist out. And I just do two strand twists. Do you ever do twist outs? Yes, I do do twist outs. And I saw in one of your vlogs, you were curling the ends with like a foam curler. And I'm actually developing heatless hair rollers right now that are super cute. They're like vintage and retro. So I have to send you... I just got the prototypes from Turkey. I have to send them to you. I love doing a twist. And then I don't know, for me, I feel like just adding that curler at the end, it's like make or break. Like it makes a big difference. It really does. It creates shape and it's necessary. Exactly. You get it. You get it. 
Because you know what? The people that don't do that are like, I don't know that I would use, like I've been asking people, would you use this product? They're like, eh, like, and I'm like, okay, the girls who get it will get it. The girls who get it. And that's who this product is for. <laughs> that's it. And also everybody says, eh, until they try it. And then they try it and it's like, oh, I can't live without this. I love this. I love the way that my hair turned out. Yes. And so yeah, just get, hand it to them and then they'll change their mind. So now do you do your twist out on damp hair, go to sleep and then untwist in the morning? Do you do it on soaking wet hair? Because I feel like sometimes it takes a long time for my hair to dry. It really does. And also I don't go to sleep with wet hair. So that's a big no-no for me because I started noticing that I was developing like a scalp condition from going to sleep with my hair wet. Oh, wow. Yeah. What did you notice in your scalp? Noticing that my scalp was like turning white and not like, oh, just a dry scalp. It just, it looked like fungal to me. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. It was a fungal growth. Did you have to go to a dermatologist to understand what was happening? Oh, no, I should have, but I did not. I I just looked it up myself. Dr. Google. Dr. Google. After I found out I was going to die the next week, I was like, okay, let me... um, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But you know, if you look on Google too long, it will tell you, you will die. So don't look on Google, go to a doctor. But yeah, I was looking up what could this possibly be. And I was having a fungal infection because I was going to sleep with my hair soaking wet. And I was doing that all the time. And so I don't twist my hair every night. I'll twist my hair maybe once every two, three days, because I do think it is a low tension style. But I think anytime you are twisting your hair or causing any type of tension, it can be detrimental to your scalp and also to your actual hair strands causing breakage. Yes. Just too much. Yes. I'm a very low maintenance hair person. I mean, we love low maintenance. I find that with my natural hair, when I'm just wearing it out with a twist out, like it looks good. Like I hate day one. I always hate day one. I don't know why. Day one is never cute. What is that about? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of like when you like the first day you get braids, like you don't like them at first. I don't know. I just feel like you just need time with a new style. I don't know. What is it? That's so true. I don't, it's been like that since the dawn of day. Nobody likes their day one hair. Yeah. So like day two, I really like it. But then I find that my hair gets really dry. So Talk to me about how you rehydrate your hair. Are you like remisting? Like, how do you keep your hair hydrated? So at this point, I do think because I have been using the same products for a long period of time that my hair has kind of been trained a little bit. It's the consistency that I think is helping my hair to retain moisture. That's not to say that my hair doesn't get dry as a rock because it does. (laughs) There are days where I'm like, hello, like, is this even me? Do you re-spritz? If it's daytime, yes. If it's nighttime, what am I even saying? I'll just wait until the nighttime to redo my hair. Okay. That's what it is. Like if my hair is super dry and I have some place to go, I do spritz my hair and I put it up in my little like, I'll just have like a messy situation up at the top and leave it like that. And I won't do nothing to it. Who's going to tell me anything about what I got going on? At this stage in the game, I feel like everybody's scared to say something about people's hair. So I'll walk out with that dry head like it is what it is. Nobody's going to check me. So that's just me and my business. And that is when I will take care of my edges a little bit just to like give the illusion. You're like, I can't have dry hair and my edges fuzzy. Something's got to give. Yeah. (laughs) Something's got to give. So yeah, that's when I'll take care of my edges. But for the most part, I feel like my hair is like, because I've been doing this for years and I've been using these Maui Moisture products specifically for a few years. And so I, I really do think that they've contributed to the moisture retention in my hair. 
I love that. Yeah, I need to get more into aloe vera. I'm going to try... Because like everyone says aloe vera is so, so good for like just moisture and hair. People like cut aloe vera out of their backyard and like add it to conditioner. So I know aloe vera is a great ingredient. I just have not used it. Well, I tried that one time, like feeling all island gal. And I went and bought a... Cut it up at home, Brooke. The aloe, there were white pieces of aloe all in my hair for like a week. Girl, what is this? Um, I could not figure out what I did wrong. Like I followed everything that I saw on YouTube. It was a mess. So I have to like revisit that. But that's I'm just happy that it's in the products that I'm using. In the products, yes, yes. Now, have you tried this rice water trend? Because I did not have the patience when that trend came along. I didn't. I did not. People are like, I soak my hair in rice water. It's grown so much. Cute. People say it makes it, but I'm like, I think it was like six hours to soak. And and I was like, I don't. Girl, give it up. The one thing about me at this point, I'm not jumping on every trend. When I first transitioned, I was doing everything. Oh my God, same. Yeah. Now it's just like, okay, girl, it looks cute on you. Yeah. Happy to see it's working. I know. I feel like that first year that you go natural, the amount of content you consume to just learn and understand, it's a lot. You're doing everything. And really, ultimately, you're messing yourself up. Like you're messing your hair up. It's too much. I think that the key to healthy hair is having a routine that's consistent, using products that have ingredients that are beneficial to your hair. And I really want people to get out of this thing of like following everybody's last move with their hair because environments change the way that our hair looks and feels. You know, you don't know what people's diets are like that's affecting the way that their hair responds to certain ingredients or anything. Like there's so many levels, layers to why people's hair responds the way that it does to certain things. So, you know, I always take everything with a grain of salt. Absolutely. How do you feel about heat styling? You know, some people are so against it. Some people have magical hair that they heat all the time and then they wash it and it's like they revert back to the perfect curls. Like I feel like I couldn't heat my hair every week. People can handle varying degrees. Do you ever heat style? Do you use heat on your hair? When you do use heat on your hair, how do you take care of it after? I do use heat on my hair, but I'm also a girl who's gone years without using heat in my hair. So now I'm in a place where I feel like my literal hair strands are strong enough to withstand heat and revert back. I have not dealt with any issues with heat damage, but I also, again, I have a routine that works for me and products that have worked to protect my hair against heat. I think technique is a big deal too. Like how you're straightening your hair is a big deal. Totally. One thing I learned from my stylist, which was so helpful, she was like, once you've flat ironed your hair, like don't ever go over that hair with a flat iron. Like never keep hair that's dirty. Once it's done, like don't go in with like a little flat iron and do touch-ups. Like no. Yeah, that's a big, heavy no-no. We all know you're supposed to do one pass, two tops. If you got to go in for a third pass, throw the flat iron away. It's not working. (laughs) You need a new flat iron, girl. Or you need to adjust your perception of like how straight you want your hair to be. Like maybe your hair is not going to be like bone, bone, silky straight. Right. And that's okay. Or you need to go to a professional. Or go to a professional. Yeah. I know when I want biggity bone straight hair, I need to go to a professional. I can't get bone straight hair if I'm doing it myself, ever. I cannot either. I've very rarely straightened my hair on my own, but I do blow it dry like once a month, once or twice a month. And when I blow it dry, I'll twist it and I'll have a wavy look. Nice. Now, how often are you doing trims? Ooh, girl. 
probably once a year. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And honestly, that's a lie. So I'm saying once a year because I know I got one last year and that trim turned into a whole cut. And before then, I didn't get a trim for like two or three years. So yeah, it's not often. I try to trim my own hair. A mess. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't suggest trimming your own hair unless you know what you're doing. But yeah, I don't trim it often. I should. Do you? I do. And my stylist, actually, she doesn't believe in saying the word trim. She's like, it's a cut. Oh, you're coming in for a haircut. And I'm like, the way my anxiety is spiking, she's like, we're going to cut what needs to be cut. And you know what? After I do it, I'm so happy that I've done it because my twist outs look better. I can feel even just, you know, like the ends of my hair feel healthier. Yes. And I'm like, what point is length if I've got a bunch of split ends, right? So it's like just changing your mindset to, I want my hair to be healthy, not long. Like, I feel like long hair is no longer on my vision board. It's like healthy hair. No, because what is long hair? What's long hair if it's not healthy? Right. What's even the point of that? A hundred percent. Now you've been super vocal about leaving New York City, relocating. Talk to me about that choice to leave New York and move to Atlanta. Honestly, I wasn't even planning on leaving New York. I had been looking for an apartment for like two, three months and could not find one that made sense. My apartment in New York, I was in a a nice space. I had a two bedroom apartment paying a good price. It was an old building. I was in the hood, but I loved my neighborhood. Where did you live? I was in Flatbush. Okay, nice. The real Flatbush. I was there for seven years. And I loved every moment. Well, actually, that's a lot too. I didn't love every moment. I remember the first night in New York and I'm hearing like some reggae outside, people yelling, clanging and banging. I was just looking up at my popcorn ceilings and I just felt a warm tear fall down my face. (laughs) Like, Why did I move here? And I think that's a lot of people's experience when they first get to New York, especially when they're moving from a city like Atlanta that has more convenience. That was my first time not having a washer and dryer or dishwasher or an elevator to get to my place. I lived on the fifth floor. You know, it was just, it was extreme. But essentially I ended up moving to Atlanta because I found an apartment that I loved. And right now that's top of my priority list is like, I'm trying to romanticize every part of my life. And so I'm in an apartment of my dreams. I've never experienced an apartment like this. It's a beautiful space. Oh my God. I'm Thank you so much. I'm soaking it all in because I should have moments like this too. Yes. Everything doesn't have to be a struggle. Everything doesn't have to be a struggle. New York certainly can feel like a struggle every day. The other day I was pushing my stroller and I swear to God, I was catcalled. I'm like, I am with a child. Like, I don't understand like what goes through these people's heads. Like it's just beyond. What's going through their head is a couch for them to sleep on, a bed maybe even. Like they need a place to stay, bro. They don't care about being stepdaddy. These men do not care. Oh God, I know. It's a mess. What's dating like in Atlanta? Are you single? Are you dating? What's... (laughs) I want to know about dating in Atlanta. Let me tell you something. So, you know, they call this like Black Hollywood. And so I came down here ready for the red carpet to be rolled out. Also, I'm from Atlanta. So this is home for me. This is where my family is. This is where a majority of my friends are. And so my social life has definitely like picked up a lot. But dating is, I think, worse than what it was in New York. Wow, that's saying something because I hear dating in New York is horrible. 
Dating in New York is horrible. And what's happening here in Atlanta is that men have way too many options. There is a beautiful woman on every corner. And so for them, it's just like, oh, it don't work out with you. Bye. They go on to the next thing. What's the ratio of like BBLs to natural bodies in Atlanta? It's hard to tell. I'm going to be honest with you. Blessed with it, right? Like the BBL is based on a real body type, not a body type I have, but that some people have, right? The tiny waist, the large chest, the big butt, the hips, everything. But I would imagine a lot of women in Atlanta are giving body, yaddy, yaddy. I'm going to be honest with you. BBL culture is not new to Atlanta. It's been that way for a very long time. And because thick, healthy bodies are a thing down here. And by healthy, I'm using that word because where I associate healthy body to like a juicy, full body, especially in the South. That's the terminology that's being used. And I'm just so used to seeing that shape that when I see a BBL, I'm not like, oh, wow. Or it's not a thing. It's just like, you know, also this is the home of some of the most popular strip clubs. Magic City. Magic City, Blue Flame, Diamonds. It's not open anymore, but all these strip clubs, these women have been killing it for years since I was in elementary school and have always had those bodies. So yeah, I feel like we're the home of like the natural looking BBL. So now when you see them, it's not like a a big deal. It's just like, oh, there goes another one. There goes another one. (laughs) Yeah. So you feel like the men are basically spoiled. So spoiled. Oh my God. So spoiled. I feel like you're the type of person that like when someone falls in love with you, they're like hot, like they're down bad. I'm not going to disagree with you. (laughs) I feel like you're the type to have the like person like calling you for like weeks, months after emailing you. I can't stop thinking of you. Brooke, don't make me pull out my car log. Yeah, this is very true. Am I wrong? Wrong. But that means nothing if it's not the guy that you want. Right. You know, it's just like, okay. And I feel like when you're a woman who knows their worth and knows what it is that you're looking for and wants that to be reciprocated in the form of communication and love and all those things, it's hard. You know, everybody is not mentally and emotionally there. It really has a lot to do with maturity, too. Yes. Just not seeing a lot of that. And also, I take my time with it. I was just talking about this on my vlog, too. Instant intimacy. There's a tendency for men first date to want to hold hands where like the hands are intertwined, the fingers are intertwined. They want to call you baby. And it's like, yuck, I get major ick from that. Like, I don't want to do that with you. (laughs) Not now. Can we give it a little bit of time? So there's a lot of that going on too. That's been like, yuck, I can't. What do you bring to a first date? Like I have friends that are date. I've been married for so long that I'm like so out of the game. (laughs) Showing off. (laughs) enough. You know what? I feel like dating is really fun, actually. It's like, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Do you bring your A game for a first date? Because I've heard people say like, you don't, you shouldn't look amazing on the first date or like the pictures on your dating profile shouldn't be your best pictures. Like you should like wait to like hit them. So like you're going on a first date with someone in Atlanta. What's your look? What's the beauty moment happening? Well, I personally like to pull out all the stops on the first date. Okay. Okay. I like that. I don't understand that. Yeah. Wait, what's your sign? I'm an Aquarius. Okay. Well, that's not like typical Aquarius behavior, but... What's yours? I'm a Leo. Like a Leo would be like, oh, I'm going to look fabulous. Right. From second one. Okay. But so you're coming correct from the very beginning. I'm coming correct. But also let me explain my coming correct. I think I look cute all the time. So it doesn't matter what I have on. I feel very cute. My closest friend is a Leo and she's very like, 
oh yeah, you really need to put it all out there. Let them know what time it is. You know, she's a bodysuit girl. That's not my vibe. I'm cargoes with like a white tank or something. Cargoes, a white tank and what? Like sneakers or flats? No, I'll do like a really cute wedge. Okay. And what's the hair and makeup giving? Always natural. Always like, oh, I woke up like this, but I have a full face of makeup on. But it's <laughs> they don't know. It's giving like, oh, yeah, what the hell do you know? I'm just showing up looking glowy and cute and just a blushing doll. He knows nothing. He's just there to look. So, yeah, I always think it's a good idea to show up looking your best, whatever that means to you. And for me, that means I'm going to wear the things that make me feel comfortable, things that I know look cute on my body, you know, things that are flattering to me and go from there. I love that. I think the casual vibe and the like no makeup, but it's a lot of makeup look right, is perfect for dating. Now, when do you bring out the red lipstick? Like when is your like ultimate, okay, Kennedy, I'm going to turn up. Like <laughs> what events do you really bring it for? Ew, I think never. Brooke, I'm very low maintenance to the point where it's like, I need to step everything up. When you said red lipstick, I was just like, red lipstick? I remember the last put on red lipstick. For me, like I'm a gloss girl anyway. So like I'm throwing on a gloss. I love a gloss. Yeah, a gloss with a little lip liner. What's your favorite gloss and lip liner combo? So I'm using this Jordana or Jordana. I don't know how to pronounce it lip liner. It's brown. And I got it from the beauty supply store years ago. And unfortunately, all the words are scratched. So we don't know what color it is, but it's like a brown, auburny looking shade. And I'm obsessed with these skin glass lip glosses. Okay. I haven't tried those. Oh, you have to. What color? Is it like a clear gloss? Is it a nude? So she has one that's called glass, which is like a nudie color. I have that on now. It's not even a nude. It's like, it literally just looks like glass. Makes your lips look nice and juicy. It looks really pretty. Thank you. And then she just came out with a collection that is mostly nude colors. Some darker, some on the pinker side, some on the tan side. So kind of works into her lip tone, the name. So then just to match everyone's different lip tone, we all have different natural lip shades. And so you can find one that works best for you to give you your actual nude. Yes. Now I always associate you with glasses. I feel like you always have iconic glasses on all the time. Thank you. When you're going out, are you wearing your glasses? Because I wish I could wear glasses. I actually got some glasses before my son like stretched them out and destroyed them. And I was so excited to wear glasses every day. But I'm like, <laughs> if I wear glasses all the time, would I bother with eyeliner? Like would I bother with all of that? So like, what's your eye makeup day to day? Doesn't exist. Okay. You just throw on the glasses. I don't even do it. I just throw on the glasses. Um, lately, I've been putting a bronzer on my lid. I love that. I like that look. It gives me that sultry kind of vibe. Yeah. So which bronzer do you use? I'm using, I brought it out here too, this Sephora, what's this called? Micro Smooth Multitasking Baked Face Powder. Hey, don't sleep on the Sephora line. Don't sleep on the Sephora line. There's a lot going on over there. But I've been using that to like warm up the perimeter of my face and I'm using that on the eyes and kind of creating like the contour right here where the brow meets the nose. So yeah, that's been like my go-to, I'm trying to tell you something, look. I love it. I love it. What's your go-to for mascara? Ooh, okay. So I'm an old school girl. I love the mascara Great Lash, the pink and green tube. Oh, wow. Really taking it back. Really taking it back. But specifically the one that's like the triangle shaped wand. I haven't tried that one. Okay. That's the one you should try. I love that. The only issue with that one is I do notice that sometimes the mascara can get a little crumbly and you might notice fallout. Okay. Really annoying, but 
That is the one that I go to. And I recently started using L'Oreal. It's like in a nudie pink looking tube. Oh, I haven't tried that one. Those are the two that I'm loving. But is it the Lash Paradise? Is that L'Oreal? So this is the Maybelline Sky High mascara that I started using. Have you seen this? You've seen this. I haven't, but it looks nice. I've been liking it. It's light. Do you have naturally very full lashes? No, my lashes are little to none. They are short and few. So that's why I love that great lash one, the small triangle one, because I can really get in there and like get them up. Yes. I feel like I need all the help I can get when it comes to lashes. Now, I have to like talk to you about just your level of comedy. So I am someone that loves stand-up comedy. I've actually literally studied like at Stanford, I took classes about stand-up comedy because I think stand-up comedians are like the smartest people in the world. And I truly think that to be funny, you have to be highly intelligent, highly observant. And you are so funny. Thank you. Do you feel like you've always been funny? Do you feel like you've always had this gift of like being entertaining to people? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I have. I've always been like put in front of the class to entertain or read or if the teacher had to step out, they'd have me watch the class. I've always been that. I was nominated in one class clown as my senior superlative. Like I've always been goofy and loud and not afraid to get on stage. I was in theater in high school. Like, yeah, it's always been something that I have been known for. It's like, okay, Kennedy's funny. Yes. And you know what I think is so powerful about humor? It's this way of like inviting everyone into what you're doing, right? So like you talk about like hair care or hair tips or your life, but you do it with so much comedy that sometimes you're saying like really like real important stuff, but because you use humor, you kind of invite everyone else in. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I think also humor for me is just like, it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable So I like to use that as a way. We all like to laugh. We all do. So I just feel like it's a way to connect with everybody, lighten things up, make everything feel a little bit more relatable. Yes. Now, are you super planned out with your content? Are you like, this weekend, I'm going to film these four videos and then I'm going to post them over these days? Or are you just sometimes like, I have an idea. Let me grab my phone and record it. I'm definitely not the person who has stuff planned out. Okay. Unless I'm like working with a brand and I have like contractually, I have to post something at a certain date. Otherwise, I'm just going with the flow. Just going with the flow. Yeah. I love that. And what inspires you lately? I think the idea of freedom, me being able to do whatever I want to do in my own time, the way that I want to do it, being able to show up as myself, those things really encourage me to step out on faith. Like my most recent thought is that I think I want to move out of the country and live out of the country for a little bit. That would be fabulous. It's really scary, but I had to shift my thinking from going out of the country means I'm going on vacation. I'm just trying to broaden my mind and give myself opportunities to experience things that I've dreamt about. Do you have a sense of where you'd want to live out of the country? I've really been looking at Italy. In my head, before you said that, I was like, it's giving Vespa. It's getting spaghetti at noon. Right. Yes. Walking on the cobblestone roads. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 All that. Yes. I feel like you can definitely make that happen for yourself. One of the things that we talk about on Naked Beauty is beauty mistakes that we've made in our lives so that everyone listening can learn from the mistakes. Because I feel like No one who has experimented with beauty has never made a mistake. Is there a big beauty mistake that you've made 
that you would like to share? Yeah, sure. Made plenty. The first one, I grew up with a mom that like wouldn't let me shave until I got to high school. And so I would like sneak and use her razors when she wasn't home to try and shave my legs because I'm also a hairy girl. So it's like, how dare you not let me shave? This is social suicide, please. (laughs) Um, So I like sneak and use her razor. And then I really took it overboard and I went and bought Nair. Oh, wow. I remember Nair. I can like smell the smell. Oh, yeah. The smell is still embedded in my nose hairs. And so I was like, okay, I have to do my brows now and I'm going to Nair them. And so I neared my brows. Brooke, I still think one of my brows hasn't grown back from that. (laughs) I neared half of my brow off. My mom knew immediately. Oh my God. Yeah, I had two macaronis for eyebrows. Yeah, it was really, really bad. (laughs) Macaronis. I'm not kidding. Like I have to find a picture. It's actually comical. Yeah, it was gross. So that was my like young beauty mistake. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Narrowing off your brows is like, that's pretty up there. You know, now Gen Z, they're obsessed with like the very thin brow. Everyone's going thinner when it comes to brows. And like all the millennials are like, we've done this before. Like been there, done that. Trust us, it doesn't end up well. Favorite skincare, beauty, like what are you loving now? Like what are you finding that you're reaching for day in and day out? Okay. I have very specific products, but also really the thing for me is like, I'm really loving routine right now. Consistent routine and minimal too. There is this unfortunate thing happening, especially like on TikTok, where you're seeing people slather on so many products for their like nighttime routine. And while it looks like aesthetically pleasing, you don't need a thousand and one products on your face. They're not working doing all that. So I have products. This is the brand that also I mentioned about the lip gloss. She also has skincare and I've been using it religiously. This is a hyaluronic and niacinamide mist that she has. Okay. And this is skin glass. This is skin glass. Yes. And the skin glass moisturizer. Every single night, I do not use anything else. And also I'm a girl who has dealt with acne my whole life. Really? Oh yeah. And my skin is clear now. And I can attribute that to these products along with just routine and like being consistent with it. Yes. Now you also work out a lot as well. I do. Well, okay. I feel like I saw your whole class pass series where you were like going and taking all these classes. I would say that I'm active, but work out is strong. I do try and like move my body, but work out, that's giving me a lot. Okay. But you try to stay active. And I personally, I feel like when I'm like working out a lot and sweating a lot, I feel like my skin is better. Oh, yeah. I was telling my friend this, who's like a workout fiend. She's a yoga instructor that every time we work out together, I feel like my skin is doing something. It just looks brighter. I like the redness in my cheeks. I'm just like, oh, youthful skin. Love this. Yes. And working out is going to give me clear skin. I'll do it. I'll lift the weight. (laughs) Exactly. As a full-time content creator, do you have time to relax? Like, Do you carve out time, dedicated time just to relax? Absolutely. Fortunately, my content creation is based on what's actually happening in my life. So it never feels like I'm doing something I don't want to do. It's very authentic to what's going on in the moment. So if I want to rest, you're going to see me talking from my couch. You know what I mean? Or I'm not going to be all done up. Rest for me, and I think rest for everyone just looks a bit different. I think rest for me is allowing myself to take time and not feel pressured to jump online, to offer commentary 
on whatever it is that's going on in the world, just giving myself space to enjoy my physical, literal space, my home and my friends and my family. Since I've just moved down here, I'm really trying to soak all that in that I get to be around them. Yes. And do you feel like you always have ideas though in the back of your... Because I even feel that way sometimes. I'm like, even when I'm relaxing and doing my skincare or trying something else, I'm like, oh, I feel like I should be filming this so I can do a review or like... I don't know. It's like hard for me to turn the part of my brain off. Yeah. There are moments where I'm like, oh, should I be taking advantage of the fact that I'm at this really cute restaurant? Do I need to take a pic? Like, yeah, those things cross my mind. And I do sometimes regret not capturing something, a photo or a video so that I can make something out of it. But, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, everything can't be created into content. It is. And I think people appreciate knowing that everything is not a moment. I think people gravitate to my content sometimes because they know that it's coming from an honest place. And I can say the same with you. Like your content is very reflective of what you've got going on, the things that you're interested in. And you're very consistent with it too. So I can imagine that for you, you you work a lot harder making your content, it looks like just because of how frequent you are coming out with it. I think the frequency is actually the opposite. It's like an indication of like my level of not caring. Really? You know, it's so funny. I talk to people that have all of these like, oh, I don't like how my voice sounds. And I'm like, so have you ever like sat next to someone going through stories? It's just like tap, tap, tap. No one's going back. Don't care. Like people are worried about themselves. I feel like I've developed like a complete and utter lack of self-consciousness where I just like throw things out there in the moment (laughs) in real time. I feel like I, because I have so much going on, I can't overthink my content. So I just put it out. But I'm also not a full-time content creator. So how many years did it take for you to be doing content to be like, okay, I can do this full-time. I can make like all of my income from the content I share with my audience and the, you know, associated brand deals, etc. I knew from the beginning only because I had been watching YouTubers for years before Instagram ever came out and they did not have jobs. So it's like, oh, they're making their money from YouTube. I can make my money from YouTube. And so I started my hair page, Curls for the Girls in 2012 or 2013. That's when I started working with brands and I wasn't making enough to go full time. I didn't start making enough until like 2018, 2017, 2018 to like say, okay, this is what I'm going to do exclusively. But uh, yeah, it takes time. It takes time. I think it takes time, but I will say there is a lot of money out there. So I feel like for people that are like, oh, I want to start. I'm like, just start now. Like, don't wait until like you're ready or you have this like nice camera or like, I'm just like, start now and slowly build over time. That's right. And I know people get tired of hearing that of just like, it's okay if you don't have all the things. Like, don't let that go in one ear and out the other. Because honestly, when I look at my old stuff, nothing that I was using then, I'm using now. You will evolve as you go on. Like, it happens with everyone. You're not any different from anyone else who starts. You are in the journey where you're starting. And that's beautiful. Like, it'll be great to look back on and say, wow, look at me. Look what I did with what I had at the time. Like, it's nothing to just get started. People love to see the journey. Yes. Like we love a come up story. I love that. I want to see you. I want to see you work. I want to see the trials and tribulations. And when you start putting yourself out there, people want to help you. And if they don't, you're going to get the help. You start to, what's the word I'm looking for? Manifest, attract. Not manifest, but when you attract, 
you're starting to attract a certain type of energy, which is people are rooting for you and they want to see you win. So people are going to start speaking about you in rooms that you don't know exist. And next thing you know, you're being invited to this event and you meet the brand manager for that event. And then they're asking you to be a partner for the brand. Like it's just, just do it is where we're at with it at this stage in the game. Just do that. Yes. That's so inspiring to hear from you. And I think what you're saying about just starting somewhere, being yourself, showing yourself as you are at that particular point in your life is so important because that's very relatable to people. Absolutely. That's how my relationship with Maui Moisture started. I met someone on the Maui Moisture team at BeautyCon years ago, randomly. I went to sit down and she was sitting there at the table and I walked over. I said, is anybody sitting here? And we started a conversation. I didn't know who she worked for or who she was, but it's just those type of relationships happen organically if you allow them to. And they will happen. You just have to move with some faith and some confidence. It'll happen when it's supposed to. Hopefully people will get out of the comparison game and will stop looking at everybody else and what they got going on. Yes. So not only I think are people worried about comparison, I think the other thing people are worried about is like, oh, well, like, what will my like, I don't know, like colleagues and people I went to high school think about me if I'm like putting myself out there and it's like, don't worry about them. Oh my God, fuck them. Who cares? Honestly, I hate to be crass, but who cares what your coworkers think? Imagine me ruling my life based off of what people who I work with would think about it or family members or whatever. Like, I would hope that at this stage in the game, we are all doing things to make ourselves happy and doing things that we know will contribute to the life that we want to live. I want happiness and I'm happy when I am being honest with myself, when I'm showing up as myself, when I'm doing the things that make me feel good. And that does not require the pat on the back from my colleagues and family members or my friends. It's literally about what I like and what I want to do. And as long as I'm being honest about that, can nothing go wrong. Absolutely. Well, we've come to my final question, which I'm excited to hear your answer, but it is, when do you feel most beautiful? Ew, my answer is ugly. Tell me. Well, it's lame because honestly, when I feel the most beautiful is like when... I feel so lame saying this, but like if a guy that I really like is complimenting me and telling me how beautiful I look, I'm just like... (laughs) Like that is that moment where I'm just like, wow, I really did it. You know, it's not when I'm looking a mess at home. I know that might be the answer people think you when they hear it. No, 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 no. No. Days when I look in the mirror and I'm like, who am I? You need some help. You're looking rough. But there are moments where I'm also looking at myself and seeing how far my skin's come along or seeing the health of my hair and just feeling like, wow, you go, girl, you did that. There are moments, there are ebbs and flows with that answer. But yeah, the first thing I thought of is like someone I I like telling me, you look good. That's very real. And I appreciate the realness of that (laughs) answer because that a compliment from someone you like definitely hits different. Yeah. What's your answer to that? Oh gosh, you know, it changes all the time. It changes all the time. Sometimes it's when I'm with family. Sometimes it's when I'm with like in community with people. Sometimes it's when I'm just like doing something well that like I know I'm really good at. You know, like that feels really good as well. So it kind of always changes, but... So true. So true. Love that. Yes. This has been amazing. This has been incredible. I will link to all of the fabulous places where you can follow all things Kennedy, like your vlogs, your content, Curls for the Girls, all of it. Please tell the girls. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then like when you like win your Emmy and like take over Hollywood, you'll come back. 
And I'll be like, remember when I interviewed you, you know, in 2022? So that'll be fun. Yes, yes, it will. We're going to speak that right into existence. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brooke. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So that was my conversation with Kennedy. She is so much fun. I'm just like really rooting for her. She's truly one of my favorite content creators. And I'm excited that I was able to talk to her about what it's like to be a full-time content creator and her process and what it's like to make a living out of sharing your life. I think it's very aspirational. I don't know. There's something very like refreshing about seeing people choose this career path as a way to self-actualize and make money for themselves. I think what Kennedy's doing is super powerful. I love talking to professionals, but I also just love talking to people that love beauty, just like women that are obsessed with hair care or skincare or like have great mascara recommendations. So I loved just hearing her, you know, the makeup that she likes now, the skincare that she's into, the hair care that she's into, and just getting like even just the tea about dating, because I think I haven't dated for so long. I'm always just interested, like, what's it like dating? So I loved hearing that from Kennedy. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Thank you all so much for supporting. If you are listening on Spotify, you can rate podcasts on Spotify now. So give Naked Beauty five stars. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love a review. If you have the time, a rating, subscribe to Naked Beauty. If this is your first time listening to the podcast and you enjoyed it, tell a friend about Naked Beauty. Take a screenshot as you're listening. Tag me at Naked Beauty Planet. I love to see how you all consume the show. And I'll be back next week with a new episode. Thank you so much. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, fresh. 